Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Man, several years ago, I was uh, in language school in Germany when we were missionaries, and there was a guy from Japan in our class. And uh, as we were gearing up for uh, Easter celebration, we were trying to figure out what the, the traditions in Germany were for Easter. Uh, this guy pulled me aside and he said to me, what is this Easter thing that everybody is getting ready to do? Uh, he said, I've never heard of Easter. We don't have that holiday in our country. It's the first time I'd ever heard the fact that there were people uh, for whom the resurrection of Jesus just wasn't relevant, didn't matter, they'd never heard of it. So today on the Scent Life podcast, we're going to talk about Easter and its role in missions and the Great Commission. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to The Scent Life. Man, we appreciate you joining us today uh, as we jump into this seasonal topic of Easter, Easter holiday, uh, what Easter means. Thank you for joining us each week. I hope that if you're not subscribed that you'll hit the subscribe button so you can uh, just listen without having to remember to go back. Our podcast will be delivered to your inbox on a weekly basis. I'm Scott Hildreth, the director of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm in the studio today with Dr. Greg Mathias. Uh, our associate director, friend of mine. So, Greg, welcome. And uh, what's going on around the Matthias house at this Easter season? Yeah, uh, thanks. It's always good to be here. I uh, thank you again to our listeners. And uh, Easter season's always busy with activity. Uh, our kids are getting older, but uh, Easter still incorporates kind of a, a, a whole host of new clothes and pastel colors <laughs> and chocolate bunnies and other associated things. For those who don't know, Dr. Matthias has four girls. And a wife, and so every Easter is new bonnets and floral uh, floral arrangements. No Easter egg hiding this year, Greg? No, no, and uh, God's abomination peeps, those little marshmallow yep. things. You like those? Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> those are terrible. But, uh, but anyway, we know that there's more to Easter than that, and uh, I know for you uh, and your family, you and Leslie and your, your kids as well as my family, uh, living overseas, particularly during this season, uh, really brought Easter in some senses it made it more meaningful and special right. in other senses it uh, we had to kind of fight for what is the meaning in terms of how do we celebrate you that's know, right for, for my family and I we lived in uh, the Middle East for a number of years and uh, let's just say Easter wasn't the top holiday or celebration in that Good part point. of the world uh, and so for us of, of really beginning to think through uh, what it was, not just personally, uh, how do we use it to engage other people around us, and uh, and really we know that a lot of our listeners uh, that listen into the Scent Life podcast are listening in from around the world, lots of missionaries, church planters, and others, and so I hope today's podcast uh, will dig into a little bit of, of really this idea of Easter, not only what it means, but more so how do we live out kind of this idea of the resurrection and the hope associated with that. Yep, great point. So as we think again about um, in the American context, Easter is a uh, is a holiday, celebration, bunnies, eggs, peeps, <laughs> clothes. Uh, different countries celebrate Easter different ways depending on the Christian heritage and Christian tradition in that country. And as we said in the bumper, some, some countries uh, this whole season just blows right by and no one even pauses 
to think about Easter. You know, I was thinking this past week as I was looking at the um, uh, the, the Easter narrative hmm. that the vast majority of all four Gospels uh, wraps itself around this last week of Jesus' right. life, the Passion Week. So this mm-hmm. Easter, the Easter season, the Easter narrative is the significant moment uh, of the Christian life. In fact, Paul says that if it weren't for Easter, we above all people should be pitied mm-hmm. because this is the time that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It's the cornerstone of our faith. It's the backbone of mm-hmm. our story, uh, and it also makes a lasting difference uh, in our life. Greg, can you think of the time uh, when you were sharing the gospel or, mm-hmm. or talking with folks as you guys lived uh, in the Middle East? Uh, did you ever come to the point where you mentioned the resurrection of Jesus and it just kind of caught someone off guard and stunned their attention? Yeah, I think honestly that happened uh, really quite a bit, but particularly around this time of year, tried to make a special emphasis to focus on uh, what is this idea of Easter? Why does it matter to to me as a follower of Jesus, uh, as a Christian? And I remember one uh, particular conversation really with a group of, of young men uh, at the time as, as I was just kind of walking through uh, what it means to me, my family, and others, and really... Uh, got into a deeper conversation about the resurrection. Of course, for them, um, uh, there are a whole lot of differences between the, the understanding and view of Jesus and right. Islam and Christianity, but one of those is on the resurrection for them, they didn't think, uh, of course, that a prophet, uh, as they considered Jesus, could be killed uh, or even crucified. That was shameful and everything else. But but as I really began to dig into this idea of not only who Jesus really is, uh, according to the scriptures, but uh, that he was uh, crucified. And, and not only that, that he sh- it wasn't shameful. He right. showed strength through the resurrection and just the, uh, the understanding and the life and the hope in that. And I remember uh, one of the young men in particular just kind of going back and forth and having conversation that probably, it was probably a day hmm. or two later, uh, that he came back and said that he couldn't shake this idea of, really in his mind, kind of dreams uh, that he was having of a, a kind of bloody figure, mm. almost Jesus, uh, and he couldn't shake that in the midst of kind of this idea of crucifixion and death that there was something very powerful and compelling mm. about this idea of Jesus. And so I think, uh, I think again, I, c- I could tell that, sure. multiply that story over and over, but just the idea of within the death uh, of Jesus within this idea that there's life. And right. that's, honestly, think about that. That's a weird is. thing. And, and, of course, Paul reminds us, I think it's in Second uh, Corinthians 4, that, that we as believers carry around both life and death in right. the body. Uh, but this whole idea of resurrection brings about, um, and, and I know you're accustomed to this too, your time in Germany, even mm-hmm. more so in other parts of Central Asia, uh, that oftentimes we're familiar with this idea of sacrifice Mm. uh, and this idea of death happening, but I would venture to say, at least from my experience, that in those sacrifices, in that constant celebration almost as it were of death, there's not much hope or life in it. That's right. And it's very different for Christians. And so do you have any more kind of conversations you've had surrounding Easter or this idea of sacrifice or just experience? Well, sure. I mean, to think about the fact that we have on Friday of Easter week, Good Friday. Mm. But it's the (laughs) what? So I have a question one time of a a guy in a conversation uh, in the Muslim world. A guy was asking me, so why Good Friday? Mm. Isn't that the day that uh, he is his words? Your prophet died. Right. Why would that be a good day? Mm. 
So it gives a chance to really talk about the meaning of the the death of Jesus. And I think for for those of our listeners who are involved this at this season in evangelism or missionary opportunities, there are these moments where this is where the Christian message really diverts from yeah. other messages, right? Our mm-hmm. uh, our Savior came into the world, was abused, uh, was killed, and as he promised, raised from the dead. And this yeah. is a, a stunning, life-altering moment um, for us. I was amazed this past week, LifeWay Research came out with a, a fascinating uh, study and revelation. It said that over two-thirds of Americans actually believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Wow. Yeah. So the, actually, hmm. the statistic is that 66% agree that Jesus rose from the dead, 20% disagree, and 14% said that they're not sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so we think about the fact that over two thirds of Americans believe hmm. that Jesus rose from the dead. But if you look at the culture and you look yeah. at the, 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 the way that people live, it makes me wonder, do people pay attention to what they say? I mean, mm. think about the fact that you believe that there was a man who predicted that he would be killed and that he would come back alive, mm-hmm. but you can just be casual about that truth, casual mm-hmm. about that fact. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty stunning. Yeah, no, that's right. And uh, yeah, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. Two-thirds of Americans believe that, which, uh, honestly, it's I'm still processing that number. But <laughs> if they believe that, then that has to, or at least should, mean something That's for right. not just what they say, but how people live out. Because if this man, Jesus, right. uh, not only was crucified and died, but then defeated death and right. everything associated with death, then... I don't know. Last time I checked, I don't think there's anyone else in the history of the planet that's done that. So uh, he made some pretty unique claims, right. and so we need to wrestle with those. And then for those of us that not only believe in the resurrection, uh, but would say that my life is betting on the resurrection right. as a Christian, then that ought to just push me out to true. tell other people about it. Yep, that's true. So let's think, what, is, what are some of the missional implications of the resurrection? We've talked about the fact that uh, that we are on mission. God mm-hmm. is a missionary God, the theme of our podcast. God is a missionary God, sends his son into the world as the savior of the world. The right. missionary implication there is that the resurrection of Jesus mm-hmm. gives us the message. It is the message mm-hmm. of the Christian story. It's the reason that we do what we do on mission because we're telling people that the God of the universe who we have We've broken his law. We've embraced the shame, the sin, the guilt that comes uh, from living in rebellion. But that God, out of his great love for us, sends his son into the world so that we can have eternal life. Mm. Jesus, by his resurrection from the dead, Paul tells us, has overcome the two great enemies Mm. of humanity, death and sin. Mm -hmm. So in this Easter message, we have the content of of our missionary message. What are some other benefits or or what else does the, yeah. the Easter story give us as we think right. about God and God's mission, Greg? Yeah, no, that's helpful. I think not only the content, it also gives us the the confidence and the encouragement to take that message. Uh, again, whether it be in our own community or for many of our listeners into other cultures and places that might have no category right. for Easter. Uh, in fact, during this Holy Week, uh, in addition to my scripture reading, I just happened to pick up this little book. Uh, saw it sitting on my uh, shelf uh, called The Case for Easter. Right. Uh, and I just read through that first little bit this morning, and it was talking about uh, kind of the realities of uh, all the suffering and the, the things associated with the crucifixion, even medically mm. with Jesus. But it made this statement at the end, and, and I really liked it. I think it c- c- 
connects here that it's not only the content, but part of it was that Jesus really did suffer uh, greatly, mm. excruciatingly, uh, but he also not only suffered, but after he died, he was raised again. And, and of course, there's old theories about Jesus. Did he die? Did he not die? Again, bottom line is the whole point behind this was, look, if Jesus happened to just kind of make it through mm. all of this pain and suffering and never actually died, was just kind of revived, as it were, and he said, imagine that guy showing up to a group of disciples and saying, look, uh, one day you're going to have the hope of a body like this. It wouldn't be very inspiring. He'd barely be holding on right. to life. But Jesus defeated death and sin, then went to his followers and said, look at me now. Mm. I have power. I live in victory and I have authority. And so therefore that gave them the confidence to say, we see the truth, right. and it's not just the truth. We now have the content of the message, and then remember at the end of uh, really all of the Gospels, but particularly in Matthew, when Jesus says, look, as you go out with this message, hey, I'm the one that's with you. That's good. And if he's the one with us, he's the one that has authority. He's the one that has power. He's the one that has strength. We no longer have to fear death or sin, and we can have confidence in him that message, and then take it out confidently to all peoples everywhere. Yeah, great commission. Jesus says, I will be with you always to the mm -hmm. ends of the age. So it's mm -hmm. the living Christ yeah. with us as we're on mission. That's so right. God is the missionary God who sends, mm -hmm. but he's also the missionary God who goes with us That's right. right. as we're, as That's we're right. doing this. So as you're engaged in mission, as God's put you in the situation of sharing sharing the message of Jesus with your friends, your neighbors, your family, if you're working with an unreached mm -hmm, people group mm -hmm. or in an underserved area, just know that the resurrection is your hope because right. it is the living, it's the promise mm -hmm. and the substance of the living Christ on mission with you as you involve yourself uh, in his work and as part of his mission. Remember, he'll be with you always, even until the end of the mm -hmm. age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would just add to that. So we've talked some about the content. Clearly, it's all about Jesus. Again, not just the life he lived, but the death he died. And more than that, the power that was exhibited through his raised life over sin and death. Uh, and, and we talked about the confidence. Uh, but for those particularly living um, in places that, uh, honestly, they don't, they don't know about Easter right. or they have wrong conceptions of that. I, I think what we were talking about earlier, Scott, uh, of just this idea of that in, in this perfect sacrifice of Jesus, mm. there is life and not just life for the moment, not just life for the situation we find ourselves in, but eternal mm. life. Uh, and, and, you know, no longer is our hope put in the things that we can do. Right. Uh, it's no longer put in the rituals that we partake in, uh, but in this strange kind of uh, shift that because of the death of the perfect God-man Jesus and then because uh, we know God was satisfied, raised him to life, that now, and again, maybe uh, right at the end I'll read a couple of these mm -hmm. verses, but Hebrews 10 reminds us we don't have to labor day in and day out hoping that we please God, uh, hoping that we make ourselves clean mm -hmm. enough or good enough. And so I think for the men and women serving around the world, uh, they can have a great hope that the message is true, mm. they have the right content, uh, that they should have confidence because of Jesus, but they can also hold out a living hope for people that honestly day in and day out wake up, go about their business, even religious things, and go to sleep without any hope or confidence. That's exactly right. You know, Luke chapter 24, mm. at the very end, Jesus says that uh, that the that the 
the, the, the message of repentance and forgiveness of sin would be proclaimed in his name. What a great, great message that we give to people, right? That yeah. no matter who you are, where you are, that you have the, the, the promise because of the resurrection of Jesus that you can repent. Hmm. That is, that whatever you are struggling with, whatever sin is, is, is hurting you, damaging you, whatever sin you seem to be addicted to or what's hmm. keeping you separated from God, that there's the opportunity to repent. That is to change. Your life can be different because of the resurrection of Jesus. And that there's also forgiveness of sin. Yeah. It's not just that we turn it's over good. some crazy spiritual new leaf <laughs> that says, hey, I, I can be a new person now. I used to be financially irresponsible and I'm going to be financially responsible. I used to be unhealthy in my eating and now I'm going to be healthy in my eating. I used to say bad words and now I'm not going to say <laughs> bad words. Right. But it's not just turning over a new leaf that you're different, repentance, but that there's forgiveness. That is, yeah. that all the sin that we've committed can be forgiven. Mm. It can be taken away. The shame is covered. The guilt is removed. The penalty is paid. All of this is the living hope that we have at Easter and so as we go out, we go out with this message to a world who's fr quite frankly are struggling. No, that's right. Under all of these, uh, all of these uh, um, I issues, all of these sin issues and separation issues and shame issues, all of these, the hope, the answer is found in this Easter season, which would then lead us to be able to say that we of all people mm. at this moment in our calendar ought to be on mission. Yeah, that's right. right. We've got a message to tell. It's not just the peeps. It's not the, <laughs> the bunnies. It's not the eggs. Right. It's as great and grand as yeah. those can no, that's be. that's right. But it is this message that there is repentance and forgiveness of sin that's available. We're going to take a quick break. And after the break, Greg, let's come back and talk about how Easter is impacted by uh, the COVID moment that mm. we have, uh, both in perhaps the practical elements uh, of our uh, of our worship experience, and also what does the resurrection tell us uh, about a global pandemic? So after the break, we'll talk about that. Hey, my name is Sam Morris. I am the director of admissions here at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I want to personally invite you to come to the Seminary Preview Day on Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. This is a day where we will serve you to try to find out whether or not Southeastern is the place God is calling you to be equipped for the Great Commission. The cost of the day is minimal at $20 per person, uh, but you will be able to have multiple meals with faculty and staff, as well as uh, meet the various offices on campus who will be serving you during your time here as a student. Please register today by visiting sebts.edu and going to the Visit Us page. Welcome back to this Easter episode of The Scent Life as we are uh, talking about Easter. The, the, before the break, we were dealing with uh, more of the message, the content, the courage that this can give us. And now we want to take just, a, just a, a bit and talk about how Easter actually impacts us at this COVID moment uh, in history, the global pandemic. This is the second Easter that we have uh, had uh, with the world closed down, with 
uh, with uh, separation, depending on where you are in the United States or where you are around the world and the different regulations, your Easter Sunday will be quite different than it was in 2019, 2018, 2017, and going back as far uh, as you can go. You know, typically, Greg, Easter's the big Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. We even have have phrases for people that only go to church on <laughs> Easter, right? Right, and yeah. so, but this year will be different. It will, yeah. Um, it'll be different because of attendance. It'll be mm -hmm. different because of regulations. So what can some people, right. uh, it can be a, kind of a, a time of depression and frustration if we're not careful, can it? No, it definitely can. And, and I would say uh, going into last year, even more particularly, was right, uh, really kind of leading into Easter was right. when uh, things were either completely shut down or shutting down more fully. It was probably the first time for many uh, not only in the churches, uh, but elsewhere of like, well, what do we do on Easter? We can't gather together. And so it's really fascinating last year uh, to watch that uh, this kind of high point uh, mm -hmm. on the Christian calendar. And again, whether it be somebody that would say day in and day out, uh, I'm running hard after Jesus, or, or perhaps some that just uh, seem to point to Easter as a good time to gather back mm -hmm. uh, at church. They couldn't do it last right. year. Uh, and so I think uh, really put a lot of a lot of folks, in, including myself and others, in a quandary. Uh, but yet, I don't remember the exact numbers. I'd have to go do some digging around. Maybe you have them. But uh, although churches weren't necessarily open and gathering, I think actually the footprint of those engaged in church was much greater because we began to say, look, it's best to be together. However, in this unique moment of history, let's push things out digitally, uh, electronically, and otherwise. And so it really opened up some some new avenues that perhaps gave access to people that didn't have it before. So we had that. I think going into this year, Scott, uh, I think it's going to be kind of twofold. You're going to still have those that can't gather together. Mm. And so uh, I think they're still going to have this longing right. to gather together uh, with other believers around Easter. And so I just want to encourage them, if, if that's who you are right now, that uh, it feels hopeless, but mm -hmm. as we talked about in uh, the earlier part of this podcast, that because of Jesus, he is alive and well. Uh, he defeated death and sin, so there's still hope. And, and so one day you will be able to gather back together. Uh, I think for those that maybe for the first time uh, this year are able to come back together as they weren't last year, that it's going to be a huge celebration Great, like none other. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm praying that there will be uh, people coming to faith. There will be uh, perhaps your neighbors. Uh, mm. Because of the last year, they're more open in this very moment to perhaps come with you mm. or perhaps watch something with you Good. on Easter that they weren't open to before. That's right. Yeah, You know, in the past, we've had the chance to almost let the professionals do evangelism at Easter for us uh, because we've got a preacher who's ready to preach to a big crowd. We have perhaps music, uh, uh, musicals or cantatas or whatever we do, uh, programmed events. But what we've seen last year and what I think we'll see some this year is that uh, many of our friends and those that would have casually attended mm -hmm, service mm -hmm. on Easter, casually been involved in an Easter service won't be able to do that or they won't think to go. So it places then the responsibility for evangelism back on us. Mm -hmm. We have to be creative about the ways we can do it. Thankfully, in many parts of the United States, there's a little bit more openness than there was this time last year right. at the same time. Uh, there's still the separation. There's still the, the concerns. And, and again, it depends on where you are 
uh, in the country. Mm -hmm. So my encouragement would be to allow this to be a season that we can lean evangelistically into uh, our relationships, yeah, uh, inviting people, like you said, to our house to watch perhaps the, 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 the message on television or on the computer, inviting people to go to church with you. Again, remember, I don't think folks are going to accidentally think I ought to go to church this year. There's still this thought, and I can't go. Mm. If your church is open and your church has availability, it's time to proactively invite people who mm -hmm. wouldn't assume they would be maybe invited to your church this mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and again, I, I just want to continue to build off of that, especially for those that are um, in other parts of the world serving cross-culturally, that I haven't heard stories from last year, and I think continues to this year, that they were able to engage their communities in new ways and even more people because of some of the shutdowns mm. with this. And, of course, we, we're hearing stories on the news about how that, that's happening again in certain places. But, but beyond that, Scott, I, I just want to encourage folks that in this past year to year and a half, I would venture to say everyone on the planet has been faced in a new and unique way about kind of this idea of life and death. Good point. Uh, some of that's personal. Uh, some of that's people they've known. Some of that's just what do I make of all of this chaos going mm. around. And so I would say whether you're in a cross-cultural context, perhaps you're in a place where uh, maybe it's atheistic mm. or Muslim or Buddhist or wherever it may be, I guarantee you, going back to what we talked about before, this content and confidence, mm. seize the moment that at this Easter season, we celebrate not only a living Savior, but one who has walked the road of suffering, one who has walked the road of death, and it did not defeat him. And in him alone is there hope for life, mm. in real life beginning now, and then of course moving into eternity. So I think you can have a point, more pointed conversations about Jesus mm. and the gospel this Easter season honestly because of what we've had to walk through that's a good point you know as we wrap this uh wrap this episode up i, I want to encourage us as we look around at the world and with the chaos of the past year it's easy to assume that somehow god is uh, off the throne that the mm -hmm. world is out of control mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if there's one truth that the easter season can remind us it is that god remains in control mm -hmm. he's over over life and death uh, he's over sin and rebellion. Uh, God is is still on the throne. And so as we go into this Easter season, our encouragement to you from The Scent Life is that you would find ways to lean into God's mission in this Easter season because it's an opportunity for you to share the gospel. It also provides you the living hope that you can stand on if you struggle, uh, if you find this a dark time or a difficult time, uh, let Easter be the season that renews your hope, mm -hmm. renews your spirit, and allows you to walk more deeply and faithfully with him. And let me just end with uh, uh, these two verses that, that I think kind of uh, kind of capture what we've been talking about. And actually, uh, these two verses and a quote I happened to stumble across this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 11 and 12 says this, Every priest stands day after day ministering and offering the same sacrifices time after time, which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus, after offering one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. And the, and the quote that I stumbled across this morning says that in an ever-changing world, it's the cross that remains constant. <laughs>